0: This passage we have here today from our Gospel lesson, uh, in some Bibles it has these kind of subtitles that have been added to help us uh, know about events and moments in Scripture. And this one, although those titles were not, of course in the early manuscripts, talks about this is the beginning of Jesus' preaching, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Which you remember we have talked about Jesus' baptism and the ministry of John the Baptist. And so at this point, Jesus finds out that John is in prison, and it says here in our scripture, he goes and and begins to preach. It's interesting because you look at verse 17, and it says this, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the exact message that we see earlier in the gospel, that John was preaching. It's a continuation of John's preaching, but it's a little different, because of course it is Jesus preaching it, and so we know from what we understand about John and Jesus certainly individual personality and and the way of communication was probably different, but as Jesus preached the kingdom, which of course is the thing that Jesus talked about the most in all of the Gospels, he's preaching it certainly from this perspective of being the Messiah, the Son of God. He's preaching about, of course, God coming to earth, that's him. He's preaching about the vision that God has for the world. As I phrased earlier, the simple way for children to understand it, the dream that God has for the world. And of course, he is speaking a bit about himself as well. The kingdom of heaven has come near. But what I want to focus on is the things that happen, really, between verses 19 and 23. It's the calling of the disciples. And in verse 19, it starts very simply, very simple. He says to the first two, Come, follow me. Simple. Three words, come, follow me. But in all honesty, that actually wasn't simple. Following is not easy. Maybe it's easier for some than others, depending perhaps on your personality, depending on how you're you're kind of made up, depending perhaps on your giftedness. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of perhaps being kind of driving on the road, and you're trying to follow someone to a destination. It's trickier than it might seem, of course, depending on who's leading the way. But things happen you get separated. Maybe the person in front of you has really strong ankles or maybe there's a traffic light that they made that you didn't. But you know this following thing isn't easy. It isn't easy for any of us. We've all had people in our lives that we've had to follow, whether a boss, whether somebody leading an organization, uh, whether your wife, uh, whatever it might be. Following isn't easy. But it was especially complicated in this case. Of course, we know that following Jesus was costly, it was difficult. There was a lot of travel, there was a lot of rejection, there was a lot of isolation. But more than that, in this moment, Jesus says to these disciples, give up everything you have. It wasn't just a, okay, you know, follow me if you feel like it, or well, you know, we'll get to where we're going. They left everything. They walked away from their careers, from their homes, from their livelihood. As we see later in the other two that are called, they just leave their dad there with the fishing net. They drop it all and leave. Everything. And so this follow me wasn't so simple. And for all the things and the people that we've had to follow in our life, certainly the greatest to follow is Jesus. But probably, much like the disciples, the hardest to follow is Jesus. And you see, yet these disciples, whether in a moment of sheer insanity, whether they really heard the message of John or rumor was spreading, we talked about this in our Bible study on Thursday, or maybe it was they just sensed and knew, the Spirit spoke to them, they just sensed and knew who this Jesus was. There was something that made them drop everything, Because they did. They dropped everything and they followed this Messiah. Maybe like us in different points in our lives, they wanted greater purpose. They wanted to be a part of something that had greater meaning, greater significance. Perhaps they understood that that Jesus was the one you hear me talk about in the announcements and we spent all this time on our cottage meetings and our cottage gatherings because as a church, Life for us is not just gonna be found in worship, in being in community with one another, although those are true and very, very important. But for us, our greatest value will continue to be found not just in worshiping God, but finding God's greater purpose for us as individuals and as a church. And that is where the joy is found. But that is not always easy. And so then we see again, of course, same story in verse 21 and 22, Jesus calls and immediately they drop everything to follow him. Something was so amazing, something drew them so significantly that they left it all. They gave it all up. And then we get to verse 23. This is the first verse that we hear are kind of a full picture of Jesus' ministry, that Jesus went out throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And as the scripture continues to unfold, we hear some of these teachings. We see and hear about some of these healings, some of this proclaiming of the kingdom. But this verse, verse 23, if you look at it for just a moment, it's a great picture of ministry not just for Jesus, not just for ordained pastors, but for all of us. It's a beautiful picture of what ministry is to be, that we are all called to ministry in the world, in our church as well. And so I love this picture of ministry, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and bringing healing simple yet very very difficult but certainly if we think about it in our own lives and in the world there's a need to teach about who God is there's a need to proclaim Jesus in the kingdom and there is always plenty of need for healing. The sermon title in the bulletin today is four words leave point teach preach now usually sermon titles don't mean much Some people don't even put them in. You know, the pastor kind of makes them up so that it kind of sort of fits, and so there's something in there. But this, uh, you know, I plan ahead because that's my personality. And so sometimes I come to the scriptures and to the sermon title, and I go, what was I thinking in that moment? But interestingly enough, as I wrestled with this passage, when I looked at it early on in the summer, and as I looked at it again throughout the week this week, Really, it's interesting. These four characteristics become very true in this passage, very true in this last verse. They're actually a picture not only of of the kingdom of God, a a picture of Jesus' ministry, but a picture of discipleship, a picture of our ministry as a church and as individuals. And so we begin with this first word, leave. These disciples, this Jesus, it all began with a leaving that the Great Commission says, go. There is, a, there is a leaving that comes with this. So oftentimes, I think, in the kingdom, in churches, we kind of sit and wait for people to come to us. But there's a leaving that's required. But that leaving is not just about going and telling about the kingdom. It's a leaving of other things. Remember Jesus' Message at the beginning of this passage, the one that matched John's, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That repentance requires some leaving. Leaving of bad habits maybe, leaving of brokenness, leaving of pain, leaving of sin. That for the disciples, it wasn't just family and career that they were leaving. There was lots else that they were leaving. The, the call to discipleship, the call to ministry as individuals and as a church requires some leaving, some letting go of some things. Whether that be control, sin, habits, whatever that might be, we're leaving something. That requires deep trust. But this idea of repentance means that we've got to leave something behind. But we're all invited to this. And that's the great news about Jesus. The invitation is always there. It's always extended to us. And we have this freedom whether or not to choose this invitation, knowing that God loves us regardless, no matter what. But real life, the best life that God has for us, is found in responding to that invitation that God gives to us over and over again. And that second word, point. You see, the word repentance or repent literally means to turn. It's one thing to leave something, for the disciples to quit their jobs and quit their families and give up their life, but they had to go to something. For for us to give up maybe habits or sin or pain or brokenness, whatever that might be, there needs to be a next thing that we're going to. It's that classic simple saying, those that aim for nothing hit their target every time. And so this repentance literally means to turn, to point ourselves in a new direction, So when we leave those things that we're called to leave, we need to reorient ourselves. We need to point ourselves in a different direction. Point ourselves towards Jesus. That the new direction that comes with leaving is always about becoming more like Jesus. That's That's the journey of discipleship. Whether you've been following Jesus for five minutes or for 50 years, That this call to leave and then to point ourselves back to Jesus is to become more and more like Jesus. That this message of the gospel should change us. And sometimes that change is easy, and more often than not, that change is really difficult. But we need to point ourselves in a new direction. To turn and become more like Jesus. And we all have those things in our lives that we can point to that we need to leave because they're not helping us be like Christ and we need to point ourselves in a different direction. What are those things for you? But then there's more. There's this teaching aspect. It's the sharing of the good news of Jesus. You've heard me talk about this. That that is not just about word. that That is more often not than about action. That as we change directions, there is not only a going to Jesus, but there is the sharing of the good news. And this is not just information. It's about the sharing of our lives, the sharing of relationship with Jesus Christ. We're called to teach. You don't have to be a teacher or a pastor or know everything about the Bible. There is not that person on earth to teach. We are all teachers of Jesus' message in the kingdom whether we know it or not. It's interesting, you weren't going to get out of here without a football analogy today, that one of the big controversies when I lived in Colorado was when the Denver Broncos decided to to drop this young quarterback that was exciting and inconsistent and it was exciting, and talked about his faith, and they took this old has-been, broken neck surgery guy that some other team had kind of dumped, you know. And it was this big controversy because, you know, what if that doesn't work out? The controversy is mostly over, I'll say. Uh, there's this big controversy about, you know, whether or not it worked work out. It was really interesting to watch Christians get really worked up about this. Well, if we're just getting rid of this person because they talk about their faith and this and that, and, you know, everybody was getting all worked up, and, of course, I was excited. Still I am, just for the record. And it, it's really interesting to me because since then, I now see these same folks, these same Christians, these same pastors that were so frustrated that this, you know, vocal, outspoken Christian quarterback was being dumped for this broken neck guy. All these same Christians now are posting these stories and talking about this other quarterback's faith, which is very different, it's not outspoken, it's subtle, it comes perhaps a little more in action. And how great that's been for Colorado. Now I would argue they're probably really not focused on the faith piece at all, but it's really interesting. That those that have influenced us the greatest, who have taught us the most about Jesus, it's never been about a sermon or a Bible lesson they've been given. I probably can't remember a single youth group lesson. I forget sermons that I give. It's what the person has done, what they've meant to us, what they've helped us to see and what they've helped us to experience that changes us. It's their relationship with us. It's how they've acted with us. It's how they've offered us grace and how they've offered us love. I can't tell you how many times I feel the need to apologize to my former youth pastor for all he put up with. And yet, I don't remember a single lesson that guy gave. I remember a lot of things he said over and over again, a lot of things that he quoted. But I sure do remember a lot of moments. I sure do remember a lot of ways in which he influenced my life. That our teaching isn't so much about our words. That it's the small things that we do with great love. And so then, there's this other piece, this preach. And preaching is not just for pastors. Preaching is simply proclaiming the kingdom pointing people to Jesus and the kingdom. That it's like I've said with John the Baptist. His life was oh so simple. It was about following Jesus and seeking the kingdom and pointing people to Jesus and the kingdom. And that's what preaching is. And again, that doesn't happen so much in words. That happens with our lives, with the things that we say and do, with the ways that we serve and love others. That's where the preaching comes in and it's not just for the pastors, it's proclaiming God's dream. It's pointing people to the one who can heal. Pointing to the one who can give life. It's interesting this passage that we read about the beginning of Jesus's (coughs) ministry because it shows us what ministry should be for us and we're all called to ministry It shows us what discipleship is for us, that there's always things that we've got to leave. Then we've got to point ourselves back to Jesus. As we do that, teaching and learning more and more about God and the kingdom, proclaiming and preaching the love of Jesus Christ and the power of the kingdom of God, Not just in what we say, but more importantly, what we do and with who we are to everyone we encounter. You can all think of those Christ followers who have had a great influence on your life. And as you think about why that is, it's more than likely about how they lived and who they were and are to you, not what they said. And that's the good news of the kingdom. We're invited. We're invited not only to be in relationship with Jesus, but to be a part of the kingdom as it unfolds in our world. We're invited to leave those things behind that are not of God, to repent, to turn, to point ourselves in the right direction, that is Christ, to teach the message of the good news, of God's love for the world, to follow this Jesus, and to preach the kingdom to everyone that we encounter. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the ministry of Christ, that as we learn more about Jesus, whether through study of the scripture, through others, through our worship, as we come to communion, God, help us to be more like Christ. Help us to recognize that we get to experience the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God has come near to us, but that, Lord, we also get to point other people to the kingdom. Help us to leave those things behind that draw us away from you, to repent, to point ourselves in the right direction, to learn and teach one another as we embrace the good news of God's grace, and to preach your kingdom for all the world.